What is up? Happy Friday. Welcome to Couch Potato Diary. My name is Peter Klein. Thank you very much for downloading and listening to the show today. If you have any comments, you can send them my way on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I am at primetimekline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. You can email the show, couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. For the music, you can check out Wasted Talent. You can also find their producer on Instagram at Tommy Fresh music. It's Friday, so we're talking football and we're talking fights. Again, thank you very much for downloading and tuning in today. Let's start with the National Football League as it is week five in the NFL. Sometimes I try to find like a theme of the week or anything, so it's not just running through games or whatever, like to the, the broader side of things. Um, and this one I'm finding a few more overreactions than I was anticipating coming into a, a week five. Like we normally associate overreactions with week one or week two, but now it, it seems like people are justifying their overreactions more. So um, we'll, we'll get into that as this goes along. Let's start in London, the early game, the Jets taking on the Atlanta Falcons. My pick in this one, I got a couple. I got Jets plus three and I'll take the under at 45. The reason I'm going with this is Calvin Ridley does not make the trip for the Atlanta Falcons, so he is out, and I made the mistake last week of undervaluing the injury situation with the Tennessee Titans when they faced the, the New York Jets, and now you look at Atlanta, it is Kyle Pitts, and that's basically it for offensive weapons for Atlanta, so I think the Jets are able to keep this one close, I don't think it's going to be a particularly high scoring game, so that's why I'm going with that. Denver on the road, taking on Pittsburgh, and this is our first overreaction of the week. I understand Drew Locke is not Teddy Bridgewater. But the difference between Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, I don't think is four points in a game or on a spread. And so to, to have Denver, who I think would be favored in this game if Teddy Two Gloves was available, to, to get them at as the underdog in this one, I'm going Denver on the money line because you get it at a bit of a better number than the plus one. And that plus one isn't doing me a whole lot of help anyway. So I'll, I'll take Denver minus 105. I just think Pittsburgh's done. We've talked about this week after week after week after week. I think the Steelers are done, and I think Denver is on the rise. And there, there's some rumblings that Teddy Bridgewater might be back. So by the time you hear this, this number may not be feasible for you. But I got Denver at minus 105, so I like that one a lot. Detroit taking on Minnesota. You know how the show feels about Minnesota. Wildly overrated are those Vikings. So I will take Detroit plus 10. On that note, Green Bay taking on Cincinnati. I feel like people, th this only a three-point spread is a real overreaction to the, the Cincinnati Bengals. They, they have played well, but they have not played particularly strong teams so far. I think this is a bit of a wake-up call out in Cincinnati. I think the Pack get this one done rather substantially. So I go Packers minus three there. I think that's a, a that, this is another one of those overreaction ones where I thought people are overreacting to four data points now where you kind of, it's almost using, well, it's it's four games in, so this has to be true. And you're only looking at that and not looking at who are those four teams that the, the Cincinnati Bengals have played. Their four games this season, uh, they beat the Vikings, lost to the Bears, beat the Steelers, beat Jacksonville. So I don't know if it's that game was on prime time and so everyone was watching it so that the, this team has become a bit more popular. But Green Bay, everyone got a sour taste in their mouth after week one. Basically, since halftime of the Detroit game on week two of Monday Night Football, they've been fine. Uh, so I, I think Green Bay takes this one down pretty easily. Miami at Tampa Bay. 
I almost every fiber of my being is saying that Tampa Bay is going to annihilate Miami with a backup quarterback in. The reason I'm going Miami plus 10 is a that's a wide margin. Um, and also, I guess it's twofold. One, the Tampa Bay secondary continues to scare me, even if it's Jacoby Brissett looking to take advantage of that secondary. But also, that was one of the most emotional regular season games in the history of the sport last week for Tampa Bay. I wonder if there's a bit of a emotional letdown going into this one against Miami. So I think Tampa Bay wins, but I think the, the Dolphins cover this one. New England at Houston. Uh, this is an easy one. It's New England minus nine. Houston's bad. New England, not great, but I, I think they're going to be able to... I don't think Houston's going to do anything to slow down New England, so I got them there. New Orleans at Washington. It is the stance of the show to never bet on the Saints. Uh, so uh, I, I'm still going Saints minus two and a half, but I have no idea how this game is going to go. This one I thought there would be an overreaction to. There isn't. Philadelphia taking on Carolina. It is the Panthers minus three. That's a, a smart line for this one. Might buy half a point to get Carolina at two and a half, but I think the Panthers win this one. I think the Panthers are a good team. I think they need to be in that tier of good teams, and Philadelphia is not that, so I will go there. Tennessee at Jacksonville. This is one where, in from a daily fantasy perspective, you might be looking at a, a Trevor Lawrence situation here because of the issues that Tennessee has in their secondary. It sounds like A.J. Brown might be back for this game. Either way, Jacksonville has had one hell of a week. I think Tennessee does enough to win this game and cover minus four and a half. Chicago taking on the Vegas Raiders. Broke this one down a little bit on the Sports Rundown podcast that I do with the Fresh Take Network. The Bears' offensive line is bad. The Raiders' defensive line is good. Thus... I feel like the Raiders probably win this game. Um, Justin Fields, the the offense probably going to look a little bit more um, tailored to him as this continues to go along with Fields as the quarterback for Chicago. But one of the issues that he had coming into the season and coming into the NFL, scouts were talking about he doesn't process things very quickly. Max Crosby makes you process quickly. I don't think this is going to be a particularly high scoring game. So five and a half does concern me a little bit from a Raider perspective, but I think they will be able to get it done. The Chargers taking on the Cleveland Browns. This isn't an, uh, an underreaction. Maybe it's an overreaction. People, oh, well, the, the home field. Okay. Have we not talked for the last couple of weeks about how Baker Mayfield's shoulder is hurt and he's not throwing the ball very well. Like I just, I feel like the Chargers are a tier above Cleveland. And I, I think Cleveland is a very good football team. Do not get me wrong, but I think the Chargers are working their way into Super Bowl contender status. Like say what you want about Vegas, but they, they controlled Vegas as well as anyone has been able to, and they beat the Chiefs. So to only give them two and a half points at home, I like the I like the Chargers in this one. Dallas taking on the Giants. Uh, Cowboys minus seven. I thought we'd get more of an overreaction to a Giants win last week, but th this is a smart line at Dallas minus seven. I like that. San Francisco on the road in Arizona. People loving themselves, the Cardinals. After what was objectively a very strong performance against the Rams. And I'm not taking anything away from Arizona. They have been a fun, fun, fun team um, to watch so far this season. I think people are overreacting to how not awesome Trey Lance looked last week in spot duty. That was not the Trey Lance playbook. He's going to get that this week. They're going to be working that throughout the week. I think you're going to see 
I think you're going to see a lot out of Trey Lance, and I think that's going to surprise Arizona. I got San Francisco money line plus 180. I like that one a lot. Sunday Night Football, Buffalo at Kansas City. The Chiefs never cover, although they never get this low of a, a line. It's only minus three. So I'm going Kansas City on the money line. Buffalo is good. The Chiefs are better. Another big moment for this Buffalo team, the rematch of the AFC title game. But Kansas City's defensive issues aside, I, I still think the Chiefs get the win here. Baltimore against Indianapolis on Monday Night Football. I just think the Colts are done. And so I will take Baltimore minus seven. Those are your picks for week five in the National Football League. Uh, moving over to the CFL. Did a bit of CFL last week or not last week, sorry, on the last show. And since then, th there's been some denials about the Joey Moss situation in Edmonton. Either way, even if that's not the case, this has been a rough, rough, rough week in Edmonton um, with the, the Eddie Steele thing and my, my statements about Brock Sunderland. Do not change um, whether the, the Joey Moss situation was a, a factual one or not. This is not an easy matchup for the Elks tonight as they take on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. As we have said before, there is one thing that is for sure in this game and in this league and it is that the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are better than everyone and I think they they are going to make a bad week even worse for the Edmonton Elks this week in Regina it is the Rough Riders taking on the Stampeders and we we made the jokes about Craig Dickinson saying that the Stampeders were the the toughest test for the Riders all season and then credit Calgary they came out and said like no we're still a tough test. This is a chance to, to really show, okay, how for real are you? Now, how do they adjust? How, how, how does this whole thing play out? That this is a, a real interesting opportunity for the Stampeders to work their way back into the, the West conversation. And th this is also a very interesting test for Saskatchewan, for Craig Dickinson. Th this three-game series that they have is going to be all about the adjustments. And so to not... To, to not do well in this would have one wondering about the coaching staff. And I'm not saying that everyone needs to be fired if they lose to Calgary twice in a row. But this is a big game for Saskatchewan as well. This is obviously, I think, the game of the weekend. Music that you hear on Couch Potato Diary is provided by Wasted Talent. You can find them on Instagram at Wasted Talent with X's where the A's would be. You can also find their producer on Instagram at Tommy Fresh Music. The eyes of the combat sports world this weekend are going to be on Fury Wilder 3. The series is 1-0-1 for Fury after a draw in the first fight and Tyson Fury with a dominant victory in the second bout. But we haven't seen either fighter since the last time these two stepped in the ring against each other. That makes for an interesting plot to this one. There are a lot of different ways to view this. Fury. When you, if you're just looking at checking all the boxes, Fury checks most of them, right? Like he is the more technical fighter. He is the quicker fighter. He is the bigger fighter. Is he the stronger fighter? If we were doing a bench pressing competition, mayhaps. If we are going a who can knock a motherfucker out, that would probably go to Wilder, who has the the the, the dramatic comeback in that fight. 
um, in the first one and has that just absolute game-changing power. And that is where handicapping any Wilder fight has been tricky because, oh, well, this guy is, he's more technical. He can maybe box him out from the outside. The thing that I have always said about fighting Deontay Wilder is you have to be perfect from the opening bell right till the time the show closes, whether it is you closing the show, if it's him closing the show, if it's a, if it goes the distance, however long that fight lasts, you have to be perfect because if you are not for one moment, he can knock you into next week. It is life-altering power that Deontay Wilder possesses. But we have seen, especially in the second Fury fight, that's kind of all he possesses. And that's a, a grave concern coming into this. Now, a couple of things that have me potentially leaning his way. One, being plus 220 with that kind of knockout power, that is the definition of a live dog. And, I mean, if you're going to go that far, well, he's at plus 225 as of this moment here. Ooh, Wilder winning by decision is plus 1600. So people know his path to victory in this fight. Uh, where is Wilder by knockout? Over 10 and a half rounds is plus 165. So if you're into the Fury business, getting him, getting over 10 and a half rounds plus 165, having him by decision, that actually makes some sense if you're looking at it. Um, okay, Wilder by KO, TKO, or disqualification at plus 275. So there, the odds are a little bit better. Wilder is not going to outpoint Fury, right? Like that's just, that that is not a thing that is going to happen. So if you're looking at, uh, at this from a gambling perspective, that might be where the value is in this fight. It, it is either Wilder to, to knock him out, or if you think Fury wins, there's a, I mean, there is a very real chance Fury knocks him out as well, but Fury by decision and having this fight go 10 and a half rounds, that's a, an interesting way to, to wager on this one, I think. But the, the reasons why I, I find Wilder so intriguing, A, his power, obviously. B, he has had a long time to just focus on this guy. And Fury had his focus a little bit on Anthony Joshua as they were kind of gearing up for that fight before Wilder came in with his contractual rematch to kind of shake up the apple cart. Now, that didn't happen yesterday. Fury has had a long time to get ready for an opponent he's already got ready twice for. But I just, I don't think Wilder and his people would put him in this position if he was not ready for this third fight. And I, I just, I have this feeling that he, he has, I, I don't want to say figured something out, but his camp feels like they have found an edge where they did not believe they had one before. And that, that intrigues me about this fight very, very much. I, I still, I still think Fury probably wins this fight and sets him up for an opportunity the world hopes for Anthony Joshua and that would have been next if uh, Alexander Yusek didn't come in and mess that plan up so we'll see uh, where the heavyweight division goes I think that you make this kind of a tournament now where you have Fury against Wilder the winner of this faces the winner of a Yusek Joshua rematch and then the losers face each other uh, as well and you continue this renaissance in the heavyweight division, but I'm, I am so intrigued by this fight. I know it's not the one we all wanted, but I, I am forever intrigued by this bout. Lastly, in the mixed martial arts world, admittedly, the fight night card this weekend does not pique my interest. Uh, not, not a whole lot intriguing until Brett Okamoto tweeted just before I was about to go record this show. 
this directly from the the, ESP, the ESPN reporter's Twitter account. This is wild. Darren Wynn versus Phil Hawes canceled. Curtis uh, Chris Curtis steps in on very late notice to face Hawes. Curtis makes weight. Curtis declines the opponent change. And James Krause, who is there to coach Tim Elliott, offers to step on the scale and fight Curtis. This sport has very much evolved over the last five, ten years. Even the last three years, I would I would suggest that this sport has evolved greatly. But there's still some times where this just goes back to just barroom batshit crazy stuff. And it's just so much fun. So thank you very much to James Krause. I, at the time I'm recording this, I don't know if this is actually going to happen, but the fact that it was a possibility makes this the best thing. So thank you very much to the wonderful wonderful world of MMA for being just as crazy as you've always been. That's going to do it for the program today. Thank you guys very much for downloading and listening. Remember, rate, review, subscribe wherever possible. You can find me on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I am at primetimecline, twitch.tv slash primetimepk. You can email the show, couchpotatodiary at yahoo.com. The music provided by Wasted Talent. You can find them on Instagram at Wasted Talent. When you're spelling Wasted Talent, you would put X's where the A's would be. You can also find their producer on Instagram. He is at Tommy Fresh Music. On Twitter, he is at Wasted underscore Talent. Again, X's where the A's would be. They got some great music out now, so go check all of that out. General History Podcast, we had no idea. Schedule a little mixed up this week. It was our anniversary. We talked about that on the show this week as well. So that threw a wrench into some of the scheduling plans, but that will be coming out later, probably around the weekend. Normally comes out every Wednesday. If you haven't heard enough from me with all of that, back on the Sports Rundown Podcast. Week two of this venture on the Fresh Take Network. Covered a lot of ground with that one, so um, really enjoying that show. So go check that out as well. Hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. It is a long weekend. It is Thanksgiving weekend here north of the border. Have a fantastic, extremely safe Thanksgiving weekend, and I'll talk to you all next week. I'm out.